Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 364. My name is Brando. We're going to do a Praxis review today which I can't believe, with the six degrees of JNR Bacon. I mean, Sal, Sal, our buddy Sal, uh, we're in New York. I, I guess, I don't know, COVID's not around. We could be doing this together, but we're, we're together uh, but apart. Where in New York are you? Uh, I'm not too far away. I'm in Staten Island, New York. Last time we spoke, I was in Mississippi visiting my girl's family and uh, talking about Vancouver. That's and right. So- so, I had to talk about a show that actually happened this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for those that may remember, I did a, a riot review because there are many riots to talk about. So there was a singular episode for for Vancouver, for Philly, for St. Louis, for Montreal. And Sal spoke about the uh, the Vancouver one, which was just a riot. There was no show, which which sucks. So you may remember Sal from that. And, uh, all, and the, in that episode, I don't know if that's the original shirt. I should have worn mine, but it's in the laundry because I wore it to Praxis. The 2002, I'm wearing a Megadeth shirt I bought online. But yeah. <laughs> you, 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 uh, is that yours from uh, the show itself, 2002? No, this is from Vegas, uh, 2001, oh. December 29th and 31st show. That was the second year that GNR played Vegas on New Year's Eve. And I was at all three Vegas shows, fortunate to be there. Um, so it was my GNR Vegas round two shirt. <laughs> That's just as badass. Just as badass. Yeah, and, man. <laughs> and for those watching online, I mean, other than the uh, the goatee, you got the total Johnny Depp vibe going on. Oh, uh, wow. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Usually I get like Kid Rock or Kid, no. Brad Michaels. You know, I don't know. But I'll, I'll take I, I wish I had his money, but yeah. I don't know how much money he's got left. But, you know, if I win. <laughs> thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> when I had hair, I got Scott Stapp all the time. You'd see that, yeah. Uh, I always That's said, good. Uh, yeah, but then it, yeah. it was one of those moments, and I, I've spoken about, especially when uh, Scott was co-host, that I liked Creed, but then it was kind of uncool to like Creed, so I, you kind of hit it, you know. Yeah. So like you look yeah. like Scott Stapp was a joke. Yeah, and my defense was always this is when VH1 not only played music, but they had countdowns, and he was like number eighty-three and the sexiest, <laughs> whatever. I could, way back, I remember this shit. It's sad. <laughs> Yeah. So it's great to not only catch up on Scott Stapp and uh, Johnny Depp with you, <laughs> but to catch up on Buckethead because this is my first time seeing Brain since you and I. We didn't know each other at the time, of course. This was, mm-hmm. I didn't have a. I wasn't in radio. At the, oh, I was in college radio at the time. Uh, so of course, of course, no Guns N' Roses podcast. But I hadn't seen Brain yeah. in concert since Guns N' Roses, Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden, O two. Mm-hmm. Had, had you? Seen Were you Brain? not at? We were not at the six shows, two thousand six Hammerstein. I was not. I was not at those. I think. Oh, I wow. think okay. I was away. I believe I was away in Cape Cod at that time. There was a reason okay. why I couldn't go. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, the only time I saw Brain live was, uh, you know, the what we thought at the time was the only Guns N' Roses show uh, that was ever going to happen again because the right. next, day, oh, was, next day was the riot. 
Yeah, what a way to go out, though. That's still one of my top shows of all time. That 2002 MSG shows, magical. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hadn't seen them um, together since that show, also. It was obviously Bucket left after that tour. And uh, yeah, great to see them playing again. I mean, magical, had magical you, night. Had you seen Bucket? Because so, I'm setting this up because not everybody knows what Praxis is. And I kind of had to remind myself and this goes to show you what a burnout i am uh because so buckethead i had seen live solo right before bb king's blues club in the city clothes have had you been there before i've been to bb king's plenty of times every time bucket came around there was something going on and i hate hate myself for always doing this and missing bands you know putting you in retrospect it's always what else you were doing is never sure. as important as seeing the show um i can go on and on about shows i missed over the, my 45 years, but uh, Same. Buckethead's definitely on the list. He, he played BB King so many times, and I kept missing him or putting, oh, I don't have the money this week. And yeah, so this time around, I was like, I got it. I got to see him. You know, that's great. You got to see him before, especially. Yeah, BB Kings. Yeah, I was the same because I had the same feeling with artists about those who pass away. Those mm. who come off the top of my head, why I never saw STP. I'm glad I saw mm-hmm. Scott Weiland, at least with Velvet Revolver. Why I never saw, Absolutely, yeah. saw Tom Petty uh, bothers mm-hmm. me. Chris Cornell bothers mm-hmm. me. One yeah. is just, uh, it's not musical. And I may have mentioned this before, but the uh, comedian Mitch Hedberg, he. Oh, fantastic. He, right? I, was he, just, I was just trying to show my 11 year old nephew, Mitch Hedberg, yeah. <laughs> the other day, because he likes like dad jokes and it's like just funny off the wall stuff. And wow. And he liked them. He, I, he's, yeah, hopefully he gets into them. But anyway, yeah, that's great. He's just, oh, man. So Classic. He, he, he was. And he came to my college. And I remember buying tickets for my friends to go because I was mm-hmm. just a, a, a poor college student. They couldn't afford 20 bucks at Absolutely. the time. And then, mm-hmm. he, and then he passed away two months later or three yep. months later. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. So Bucket, I, I had the opportunity to see him and had that experience. And I believe... I may have done a podcast on, I don't even remember at this point, at least spoke about it online and posted pictures and cause I had never seen just a guitarist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd never just seen like just a guitarist play and he was unique to me coming out with toys and, uh, and the different masks and, and just a minimal stage design. And then I remember him just leaving the stage. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. But what do you remember by seeing bucket solo? Um, well, the other night was my first night seeing him. I had not seen him solo before. My first time seeing Bucket was GNR Vegas, oh, okay. 10101. <laughs> I was stalling because I, I had a hairball. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, it sucks because I do, um, oh, obviously I'm in doing Queens, by the way. Um, Staten Island might as well be Mississippi. For those who know yeah. New York, it's just, <laughs> you're so far away. But yeah, since I born feel- and raised in Brooklyn, it's been 20 years. Same thing with the GNR tour. It's oh. been 20 years since I've been out here on and off. So, uh, but I'm still Brooklyn at heart, man. My first 25 years was in uh, in Brooklyn, and last 20 has been on and off in Staten Island. So, but hey, the New York Dolls are from here, man. Come on, mm. get- <laughs> some rock and roll history. Here. <laughs> I'd like to say I'm from Brooklyn, but I spent a good one and a half years from there mm-hmm. until I moved to Long Island. So maybe yeah. that, that explains a lot to people. <laughs> but point being, I'm still feel, feeling, feeling my quarantine doing shows in Queens from my apartment and my, there's just cat hair everywhere and I'm allergic to cats and it's just, uh, uh, 
happens sometimes during interviews. I'm hoping. I get it. (laughs) I'm hoping to move soon where the Ramones were from. Forest Hills, Queens. Oh, yes. In that place, I'll have a separate, maybe a less cat. I mean, they'll still be around, of course, but just not jumping on stuff and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm getting sidetracked by that. It was awesome. I'm a huge I'm a huge kitty fan. My kitty passed away two years ago. I have mm. a picture of him right up here. I miss him every day. So, but same thing, allergic too. But that's what you deal with, man. You get the love for your, for your cats. That's identify you with know. Axel. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> Rip, Rip Dexter. Rip Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so uh, I had seen Bucket live. It was a unique experience. So with Praxis. So here we go. Uh, as soon as I saw Bu- Bucket and Brain, I'm like, great. I I, I, I have to go, and I call my. My friend George, who's a huge Buckethead fan. I don't know about you. I forget if we've discussed this before. I didn't know about him prior to Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. I, I admit it. I just I learned about Buckethead because of GNR and then went backwards. He's like, because yeah. my friend's a big Primus fan and he knew about mm-hmm. Brain. He knew yeah. about Bucket. And mm-hmm. so he's my guy. And we bought tickets. My my wife is going, uh, went, and his wife was set to go. He ends up going with a friend of his anyway. So it was the four of us. And so here's the thing, and it goes back to the concert maybe that we both were at and and something I spoke about online as far as experience before we get to the show and maybe something you notice with fans as well. Uh, I have a disability. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Not often. I don't think too often. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I probably make more Jew jokes and and handicap references. I mean, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, it's a, I'm a sitcom, folks. It is. It is. What it is. <laughs> so it's a demyelinating peripheral neuropathy where there's something missing in the nerves, where it does the message from the brain doesn't fully get there, and over time that's caused weakness in the muscles. There's no physical pain uh, unless I fall. Um, not too often had I hurt myself. Just a few times. One time I broke my ankle getting a cookie from my refrigerator. I don't know. And then recently, and I posted this, and this kind of dictated my experience to Praxis. When I was in Chicago recently, and I posted some GNR-related stuff outside the metro in Chicago, where above that, that's where they did a lot of user illusion uh, recordings, right? So interestingly enough, our buddy Mike Squires was in town, who does our theme song. More importantly, Duff McKagan's Loaded. Uh, also, the, the podcast Couch Riffs. Currently touring with Peter Hook in the Light. Uh, I, what was it? He was in be- New Order, New Division. One of those. I'm sorry, I know New Order. Yeah, I think New Order. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Depeche Mode. Enjoy Division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of those. I, 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 obviously, I don't have a New Wave podcast, so I, I, I know yeah. my, my one of those bands. So uh, he, I, I just texted him like, "Hey, I'm in Chicago. Um, you know, good luck at the shows." I would love to see you, but I noticed they're sold out. Not asking for tickets, just saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'll get you on the guest list. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know if you'll like it, though. What do you mean? Is it like Mongolian death metal? Because I'll, I'll still <laughs> listen to it, you know? Yeah. And he goes, uh, dance that. Right? Uh, he goes, uh, it's like a goth party dance club. And I'm huh. like, hmm. Immediately in my brain, I keep thinking like South Park. When they went to hot, <laughs> like burn hot topic and like you know posers and all that, but with my uh, wife being a dance teacher, loving the dance and like I'm like you know what she'll probably like it and maybe go with her mm-hmm. sister. They were all into it, so just like how I 
broken ankle uh, getting a cookie from the refrigerator. I stayed at their we stayed at their sister's place in Chicago, where uh, my uh, wife is from, where their family is from, and they have a couple dogs. I'm not allergic. I was allergic to dogs, but somehow the cat allergy medicine works better with dogs and cats. Again, life is a sick yeah. I trip over one of their dog beds and just my elbow hyperextends the other way. I, it just, I don't know. I thought I broke it. It's, uh, it's still sore. I can bend it now. It's healed since. But I said, I, I, te- I texted Squires back. I'm like, I have ice on it. I, I, I use my... My arm is to walk, you know, kind of with my cane, uh, you know, balance myself. So this is just kind of putting me out of commission. He, of course, understood and, and, and no worries. Um, so I would have enjoyed that experience to do that. Yeah. But what I, it is what it next is. Next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, going to be in Chicago next time, you know. Uh, my first experience, by the way, in Wrigley Field. I don't know if you really uh, dream. No, dream come true. I'm a Yankees fan, die hard. And Me too. Haven't, haven't been to a couple of stadiums. I really want to. I still haven't been to Fenway, which is embarrassing. Um, I don't know if I want to. I feel like the, I, so I didn't wear Yankee stuff to Chicago. Smart. Not like that yeah. would be, uh, maybe if I wore Mets or something, a rival. That would right, be obnoxious. Right. But I'm, <laughs> I, I bought a Cubs hat. Yeah. I actually bought, and this ties in the Guns N' Roses too. Notice how everything I say ties in the Guns N' Roses. So outside of Wrigley Field, there is, I mean, like a lot of stadiums or concerts or whatever, there are bootleg shirts. I mean, there was, yeah. a, I mean, there was a whole uh, warehouse of Cubs stuff uh, sold outside the stadium where I bought a Cubs hat. Went in Rome, whatever. You know, I'm not an anti-Cub. I just, I wouldn't buy a Red Sox hat. I wouldn't buy a, a Mets hat. You know, teams, I don't, I mean, I kind of like, I don't care about the Mets anymore. Anyway, that's a whole yeah. other Stories, yeah. but I saw this. Uh, well, I should say my wife. I'm glad she saw it. She saw something for the Loop, which was a radio station, a classic rock radio station. Uh, that I believe a year or two, maybe a year uh, ago, shut down and flipped to religious. Which Ooh. a lot of the SFM and I'm, I'm sure many of you listening have lost your favorite classic rock station in your area. Yeah. It That's just, like an Airheads move, move from the movie Airheads. Yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers that great rock and roll movie. One of the <laughs> greatest. going to switch it overnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, mellow with the with the sounds of the rain on Keep It BX. Yes. All Rebel, all Rebel Radio or something like that. <laughs> I love that movie. One so of the bad best. it's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the Steve things. That, <laughs> one of the reasons why I wanted to get into radio. Just, uh, uh-huh. Just so good. Ian the Shark. Anyway, getting, yes. <laughs> getting sidetracked uh, again with that. So I see something for the loop. It's a classic rock station that was shut down. And it's just, it was cool that they made merch of it. And me being in radio, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And if you go back to old photos of Axl Rose, mainly when he was with, um, it wasn't with Hollywood. I'm sorry, Hollywood Rose. I mean, it's it's slipping my mind. It was with Izzy. And another guy. Why is it skipping my mind completely right now? Completely. Uh, yeah, I uh, should know this too. I've done, too. I've done too many episodes. It was the band. So many of these bands. Uh, um, fire. Oh, my God. Fire something. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spacing too. Sorry. No disrespect. No, to that's okay. Uh... No, it's okay. It's more <laughs> embarrassing for me because it's just like I've done so many of these uh, – these, uh, 
bands and talked about these bands, but Rapid Axel's Fire. Rapid, Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Yes. Thank you so much. Now, now it came to me. Yes. Fire. You know what? I'm going to be 39. <laughs> Rapid Fire. Tell me what I have to look forward to. I'm going to be 39 <laughs> in a few days. This is a senior gets moment. Gets worse, Brando. Gets Shit. worse. <laughs> Shit. All right, great. So Rapid Don't Fire. Don't get hard, man. As long as you're going to get hard. Come on. I got a half right. So Rapid Fire, excuse me. So if you look at the old Rapid Fire photos, he's wearing a loop t-shirt. The, ah. same, the same exact one. How to get it. Yeah, well, That's, not, not the same exact one, but you know what I mean? Oh, no, hey, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a sign right there for you. That's like GNR karma right there. Yeah, so it was really cool to, to get that quote-unquote piece of memorabilia that's not only radio, the Chicago roots, uh, but mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses as well. So very Absolutely, I so like that, that. So that was cool. Uh, and also going to the Cubs game, which also I should have been at Wrigley Field for the first time, to see Guns N' Roses. I wanted to go to that too. Yeah, I was planning tentative plans, but you know, that's always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it's how often do you go to Chicago? I've never been. That's oh, why you- I want to go. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, kill two birds with one stone, get to see Wrigley Field and see GNR. That's great. But just, as we talked about before, so many times you, you know, things come up, you put them in there, you, you have those regrets, you know, now I kind of regret not going. But um. hopefully my day will come where I get to see Wrigley Field and, either a concert or for a baseball sure. game. Sure. I mean, it took yeah. me, uh, it took me, listen, this long. And by the way, I randomly met one of my hometown friends taking his wife to the game who randomly wow. was randomly spending a weekend in Chicago. It was just, that's crazy. So yeah, yeah there are people still getting their, their first time, uh, popping the Wrigley cherry, uh, yeah. which should <laughs> yeah. never have been uttered. Sorry to the ghost <laughs> of Harry Carey. Uh, un- unbelievable. But it was interesting. So going, which, the dates were changed because of COVID. I remember being on the, I called actually because we had plans. I mentioned she has family there to go visit. I'm like, oh, wow, GNR is going to be there when we're there. I called yeah. the box office the day before to try to confirm. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. What is a box yeah. office rep going to know? They don't nothing. know. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. 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 So, uh, but it, the experience of going to Wrigley with her dad, who is in a wheelchair, uh, he has uh, Parkinson's. And, you know, just really can't get around. And there's me with a cane and my leg braces. So we were quite a pair going in there. Uh, you both. Yeah. So yeah. just um, I got my usual experience uh, now being handicapped, which I back in 2002 at that GNR show did not have a cane then, had leg braces, uh, but was standing room on the floor the entire time. So it was just. Very tiring on the way home, walking. Mm-hmm. I will say, and this happened, uh, Vel- Revolver in uh, Jersey Starland Ballroom, when we eventually made it back to Penn Station to go take a train. We had a, we had a run to make the train. I can't run. Mm-hmm. I go as fast as I can. I almost tripped down the stairs, but I'm always holding on to something, hence the, uh, the elbows. My knee gets stuck. In like the two poles of like the railing, like it was a joke. It was like a Family Guy thing, and I'm like, it gets, it gets, you know, unstuck after like a minute. We missed the train because of it. I just, so I've been dealing with close calls. Now that I'm thinking about it, something else I haven't mentioned, and a friend, another a friend who saved my life once, Warp Tour. I don't know if you ever saw the band uh, Suicide Machines. No, Um, punk band. Cool band. Mm-hmm. I was no, really, no, really no. into them, them when they, they were younger. And they, mm-hmm. maybe it was a song called Tomahawk to do something where they split the crowd and they do kind of a Braveheart thing where everybody runs together. 
you know, I'm in the back, just holding on to, you know, just, just not out of everyone's way. But I see everyone split apart. I get to one side, and one of my friends is calling me over. Come here, come here, come here. No, no, I'm fine. No one's touching me. She mm-hmm. runs over, grabs my arm, pulls me back by the sound stage. The whole, it went fucking crazy. I would probably, yeah. I would have been. St- you would have got crushed. Yeah, just trampled to death. Trampled Trample. to death. Another fun story. Uh, Ozfest O two. Uh, have you ever been to uh, the PNC Bank Art Center in New Jersey? Yes. So yes. you know how it's a uh, stadium seating, but then they have the lawn seating in the back, mm-hmm. which goes on a decline. Yeah. So whatever <laughs> mosh pit started and somebody would fall, they would fall down the hill into <laughs> you, into the people on the stage. Uh, Humpty Dumpty mosh yeah. pit. It was just so stupid. <laughs> Terrible setup. <laughs> I'm holding on to the railing so I don't fall. I remember this one guy rolled into me like a fucking Pokemon or like Ra- Raiden or something. Lost complete, like wind knocked out of me. The security, I mean, Doug Goldstein would tell you, former security guard, you have to pull them up, take you. I'm like, no, no, I can do it. Then yeah. I was befriended by like the 6'4 Puerto Rican guy being like, I, I got you, buddy. Don't worry. Yeah. So I've had all these crazy. Ex- I remember what the, we'll talk about a little bit of the Taylor Hawkins um thing later on but i remember what my only time seeing foo fighters in boston i don't know maybe it's because they limp this is before the cane somebody like bumps me and i goes i got i got a i got a axle itch i'm just yeah. what, the, what the fuck's your problem yeah he just looks up and down laughs and just walks away like what am i gonna do it's like a little handicapped jewish get nothing but i i gotta so anyway a chip on my shoulder Some, mm-hmm. somebody would say it was me <laughs> see everything gnr so all that being said <laughs> The praxis, I'm like, I think I need to swallow my pride finally, which I had to do with my cane also. I may have said when I started working at SiriusXM years ago, I used to, to use the cane for wherever I parked, get to the building, take it apart and put it in my bag and hide. However, if I didn't have that cane, that would not have started a conversation with Taylor Hawkins. See how everything... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sure a brief, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for later. Remind me. I may have said it before, but it's everything tying together, no matter how all over the place I am. I, I like this. Mm-hmm. Perhaps how, how Doug's book will be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit as far as an update. So I'm like, I got to bite the bullet. But I knew with Buckethead and that place, Sony Hall in New York City, it's all general admission. Mm-hmm. I know that. It wasn't like the Cubs. It wasn't like certain seating that I've gotten for Guns N' Roses where it's ADA. Uh, for Baltimore, ADA was, I forget if it was sold out when they debuted hard school. I forget if it was either sold out or just too expensive. A lot mm-hmm. of times I'm priced out. Only handicapped seats available are 300 bucks. <sighs> well, I, I can't like, comprehend it. I don't understand the logic behind it. I mean, it's not fair. It probably comes down to money, of course. I mean, but. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they think all the handicapped people are just like old old people who just are spending their uh, social security. But no, yeah, there are some young. Yeah. There are some young people who are handicapped. Like I can't afford that. Uh, like we would have probably saw the Chili Peppers in Soldier mm-hmm. Field when we went to Chicago. ADA seating was was three hundred bucks plus. Uh, is, I love the Chili Peppers, but that that wasn't worth it. So, uh, I Ticketmaster said that the, the the place Sony will take care of you, that they'll they, there's an area for ADA seat, yeah, seating. And I'm like, okay, fine. Just like in the uh, regularly at certain places I've gone to, they 
there's an area lined off, blocked off. Perhaps many of you have seen it. And they take out folding chairs. Cool. They did that for me uh, at the Paramount on Long Island for George uh, Thurgood. So it's usually now I walk in with my cane, no problem. And nobody was mean there. Everyone was great. Everyone was very nice there, especially when you get a wheelchair. So I decided to get a travel chair from Walgreens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to get a real wheelchair at some point when I'm like maybe officially ready when things really become a problem. Because I had called the box office and I told them my situation. And I was told the information that they don't do that. The only thing they can provide the space for is if you have a wheelchair, but there's no seats for you. Hmm. That you have to email. Maybe it was my fault that I waited until the day before, whatever. It was a few hours before the show. She's like, you have to email. So I emailed, I left a Facebook message. And a lot of Facebooks, I, I've done. I think that I did this with uh, Hershey Park when I went to that for GNR. Certain questions, handicap related, they responded mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. I got nothing from either, and I was huh. worried. And I was like, you know what? It's gonna rain tonight. To my wife, I'm like, I, I think I just want to be in a wheelchair. I got to do it. So yeah. it didn't matter where we parked. It was. It really took a lot of uh, anxiety off me knowing that. To be honest, okay, with good. You. Mm-hmm. you go in. They got a, an escalator down. Not escalator, elevator down. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, a couple of things. I mean, I don't know if they weren't prepared. I still, I'm still can walk. I can still walk. The guy didn't lead me to the ramp that goes down to where the floor is. I, there were like three steps. So I just got up and walked down those steps. And then I guess see later on in the night. I, I shouldn't have had to get up at all. Right. But I still had to get up. And I don't know where you were for Praxis. The only place mm-hmm. that made sense for me was way back by the bar. And I had to stand up the entire time because if I stayed in the wheelchair, I could not have seen. So whatever, I was holding up against the bar the entire, you know, the actual bar uh, the entire time. And thankfully, since I had the wheelchair, even though I was tired by the end of the night, my feet it really would have been stressful and, and tiresome walking home. I can just sit down and be wheeled out. But that was my physical experience. I kind of want to, uh, I, I talked about it just recently and let people know because I, I know I'm not the only one. And I know and, and, mm-hmm. There are, I know there are people out there that are – I kept joking. I could have taped this on TikTok and would have went viral. I see people t- taping their, their experiences at concerts yeah, and things like yeah. that. But I don't know. I kind of want to let people to know what the, what the deal Absolutely. is. I mean it, it can only hurt, uh, help not hurt future events there and other venues that hear your story about how they can do things better for handicap. Yeah. So because I, it really is. It's very unfair. You're spending money for a ticket and – you're not even able to see the show, you know, because they're not accommodating your your I, issue. I'm lucky that I was still physically able. But again, if I was stuck in that wheelchair, it would have been a miserable experience. It just yeah, uh, you're unless, look at somebody's back the whole time, you know, it would have been pointless. It really would have yeah. been. And, yeah. uh, you know, my wife kept saying we should have gotten there earlier. Yeah, I guess. But it's a hindsight. But why I didn't I wasn't told that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. Why should I be punished? And I'm looking for a comment. This will tie into everything uh, because of how the show was received itself. So we'll get into the review of the actual show. Now, this is a yeah. tie into anything. So I put this and I thought about it for a couple of days about putting this story online in a more concise way, <laughs> of course, <laughs> because you see these stories go. Not that I wanted to go viral for, just for the sake of going viral. 
But just like how I talk about sobriety and addiction, there are listeners mm-hmm. that, that reach out to me that think, even though I'm not Nikki Six talking about it, if I can affect one person, if I can help one person, then it's worth it for me. And, Absolutely. And that, helps, yeah. and that helps me with my addiction. Yes, issues. yes. Yeah, I know you understand, buddy. That's why I wanted to have mm-hmm. you on for not just talk praxis and bucket yeah. So <clears throat> I think this person must work for praxis and the band and, and represents them. Uh, because they commented on my Facebook page in which I tagged the band. And I don't, mm-hmm. I never blame the band. No fault. No. Yeah. So this guy, Dave uh, Brunel, hey, really sorry to hear about the experience. I wish I would have known. To be honest, it's not something I would have thought of, uh, to follow up on beyond having seen staff bringing people down on the elevator. I know, required by law, but a bit ignorant by me. Being as far as I thought about it in terms of making sure people can get into the venue safely. Should we do more shows in the future or anything uh, Bill Laswell is involved in going forward in NYC in the least, I'll do my best to make sure venues are fully aware of the expectations and try to ensure this won't happen to you or anyone else again. Too little, too late, I know, but I am sorry. While I don't speak for the members directly, I think they'll also be dismayed to hear of your experience. Wow. And I said what I'm going to say now. I appreciate your response. Absolutely. So I I don't... to you, does that sound like someone that worked for Sony Hall or someone that worked for the band? That sounds like someone who works for the band, right. but it's also very conscious of uh, how the venue treats people buying tickets. And uh, you, sometimes they could have a say on how things are, are being run there, you know, as much. And I'm not sure how, how much power, you know. Sure, sure. I know. So this- Bands or management has when it comes to venues, but it can always be something, you know, suggested. You know, hey, we got a couple of wheelchair fans. Can we accommodate them? Can we do this? Can we do that? You know, sure. The venue, most venues would work with management and bands now. So they do. And my experience mm-hmm. has been unique because, as I mentioned, back in two thousand and two, uh, for GNR, for uh, two thousand and four, for Belt Revolver, I, I just had my leg braces underneath my pants. So mm-hmm. a lot of people just thought I was walking cool. Mm-hmm. which is not a joke. People just thought I had some sort of swagger, which is maybe a little true, but but didn't think I was handicapped. And there's still people that see me with a cane and think that's part of my gig. I don't know. I'm a handicapped. It's just, they just think people are can do whatever they want now, so they think it's part of my gig. You show mm-hmm. up, but for the most part, I can part the sea like Moses with a cane. That helps me. That has really helped me with uh, not getting bumped into. But mm-hmm. the wheelchair, man, that's just like, Move. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no problem. I, I don't want to be like George Costanza. And I don't think I'm going to get like an electric one, Seinfeld reference, yeah. uh, where he, he beeps the horn, where he's pretending yeah. to be handicapped. I just kept going, me, 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 to people. Yeah. <laughs> that works. I'm a dick. <laughs> no matter well, you get, what. A little, get a little megaphone like Scott Weiland and you start, you know, I move should. over people. Let's go. <laughs> unreal, unreal. So this kind of switches to gears to the show itself because. The show itself, I thought, was a lot of fun, but there are some curious things that happen. Uh, for one, you know, they just, they were a little late. I'm like, oh, they're really taking this Chinese thing, democracy, Chinese democracy <laughs> thing, a little too serious. But whatever, they come on. You, re- I didn't know how, I guess, ill or sick, whatever the word I want to use, that Bill Laswell is. Yeah, their basis. I was aware, but not as aware uh, as after the show i'm seeing him on stage uh sitting down most him the whole time and barely playing but uh give him so much respect and uh admiration 
and as an artist myself, seeing an artist is going to be, of course, he's going to be on stage unless he cannot at all, you know? So to me, that was huge respect. I was like, this guy, but that's an artist for you. <laughs> you know? It is. It was somewhat reminiscent of when I got to see B.B. King at the, the, uh, the Paramount, which I mentioned before, and he was wheeled out mm-hmm. on a wheelchair mm-hmm. and then just sat in the throne the entire time. Yeah. But did you know of, and this is where I, because I mentioned it earlier about if you go back to Brain, episode 42, I did take this clip out and put it out on YouTube. So if you want to hear the exact part what I'm talking about, where he talks about the formation of Praxis. Mm-hmm. And it didn't ring a bell until I went back to that episode just to look for highlights. Yeah. And because Bill Laswell, a little before my time, but he's mm-hmm. a major, major player in, in, the, in the Funkadelic and it's just a really acclaimed artist. And I'm almost, almost embarrassed mm-hmm. to first learn about him, but this is when I first learned about him. So yeah. Did, yeah. So, yeah, I'm watching this and it's like, is he even playing? He was just sitting down like B.B. King was, but just mm-hmm. and Buckethead would be noodling away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brain was going crazy. <sighs> he had an, an xylophone solo, which was yes. amazing. <laughs> and, and Bill's just watching. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what is, I don't understand. Yeah, he would throw in like an occasional like bass lick yeah. you know, here and there. Um, but definitely more of just his presence up there than, than playing, you know? And I think I, I figured that out. I'm like, I think it's just because it's this guy and he's up there with them. And I think Mm -hmm. it's special to them. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's cool. And I'm like, honestly, as for me, as a Guns N' Roses fan, you know, while it's awesome to see this legendary guy in front of me, I'm here for bucket and brain. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, and I've talked about this on, on Twitter. Always. I always say this, Follow uh, social media for the conversation continues in between the broadcasts at the AFD podcast on Twitter that I've been texting brain one-sidedly for maybe like a month or so to try to, Hey, you're in New York. Do you want to come down to iHeartRadio? Maybe I can meet yeah. him. Yeah. Hey, you know, cause I didn't ask Mike to go back a little before with Mike Squires. I was like, Hey, I just want to you know say hi and maybe take a picture with you from the, and he assumed I wanted to go backstage. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not me. I want to take a picture with you out front of the Metro. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't need any special treatment, nothing like that. Uh, so with, with Brain, I'm like, whatever works or what doesn't work for you. And whenever we've left off, it's always been positive. Yeah. Hey, I'll check with Melissa Reese again. You know, mm-hmm. it's always like, hey, you're not bothering me because I'm a neurotic person. And right. uh, I just, I don't want to take advantage. And I mm-hmm. don't think I am, but I started to feel like a a guy trying to court a girl. Am I coming yeah. on too strong? You know, yeah. so it's that fine line, especially you know, when you hey trying to I know get somebody on a show or an interview or I know hey two weeks yeah. from the show right <laughs> uh, I said that I you know hope to hear from you you know no no rush two weeks and one day and. 30 hours. Then I, wait, <laughs> then I waited. I'm like, hey, show tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe I'll get to meet you. And, and then nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I fucked up because I admit this. And, and maybe it comes out a little bit in this podcast is where maybe I have a little bit of that Stephen Adler thing where he just says too much. However, I like to think I'm more of a Susan Holmes McKeegan where I'm, <laughs> where I'm calculated in what I say. Because uh, I'll go with the latter. I like I like the latter. Because and yeah, <laughs> again, it always has to be GNR related. Look where we are. <laughs> yes. So uh, where 
I'm just trying to think because I spoke about this ad nauseum. Go back to episode 300. I waited a long time before I, I started talking about what Brain told me he heard about me not apparently allowed to interview GNR members anymore. About a, a text that Fernando sent out. Uh, I, I heard this from him and from Mark from Golden Robot Records. Sorry, Mark doesn't remember it. Why would I make it up? I'm just saying it now. So he's pleading the fifth now. See, this is what I'm saying too much. But he said, well, what the fuck does he care? I, I love Mark. I love Mark. I'm trying to get him to get faster pussycat on the show. They get signed. We'll see. And so did uh, Stephen Piercy. He's still nice. fucking killing it. Yeah. Uh, Mark. And Brain told me, and I didn't want to say anything about either of them. And then just a year goes by, and I keep seeing that all the GNR people are doing interviews. And I'm like, I've gotten these, some of these people on the show, like Dizzy and Melissa wants to come on. Mm -hmm. and it just... It was just not only offending me, it was just like, is this affecting other artists where am I getting a reputation? Like, is there a, a, a wrong narrative out there? I talked yeah. about the Iron Maiden management trying to uh, cut something out of my interview with Adrian Smith, <laughs> which I put up a year later on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I have a year mm -hmm. in my head of, of, yeah. <laughs> of, of, of secret holding. So just know that about me. <laughs> I'm good at holding a secret, unless you tell me not to do it, really. Right. <laughs> uh, then I, I won't do it. So, so yeah, I, I heard from Brain yesterday. I'm glad I waited to do this podcast. A few, a few days after the podcast, better late than never. Obviously, I think I deleted it because I'm really big into dele deleting podcasts because I don't like to live in old conversations. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's, a real, that's a real look through the looking glass or whatever it is. So uh, he said, no worries, you know, been busy. Obviously, you know, Bill's health isn't very good. Uh, he did mention that, and he said, uh, "No worries, you know. Hope to, you know, we'll speak soon." Mm -hmm. And he just left it, left it at that. And I said, "Hey, man, no worries at all. Love the show, love the xylophone. Hope Bill, <laughs> uh, rooting for Bill. You know, thanks. You know, great show. And I didn't even, yeah. you know, oh, you have a free pass to come on the podcast whenever you mm -hmm. want, which yeah. he knows. And he 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 loved that." Uh, you know how you can do on the iPhone. I don't think you can do it on your iPhone 6. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause sure. <laughs> if, you, if you go on the video, because if you go to my YouTube, you can see some videos of Praxis where I taped on my new iPhone 12. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I, I had a success for the longest time, which is why most of my videos and pictures suck of all the concerts yeah. I go to. Th yeah. This 12 was better, which I got for... <laughs> We were talking about this off the air where you're like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to pay, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars for a new phone I don't need yet. And I'll just keep getting new batteries, yeah. which is what I was doing. But then I needed to download certain stuff for work. And I guess yeah, so it's going to be something that's going to get you to have to, yeah. have to do it. You know, I'm waiting for that day. So, I'm holding out as long as I can, man. Which I did. <laughs> Save my I, money. I know. We'll see something at Wrigley Field. <laughs> and maybe AT&T will hear this. Uh, they gave me a 50% yeah. a, a discount. Five zero. And then they charged uh, full price. So we're fighting. Oh. They, they know they made messed up. They they messed up. I'm like, I would not buy an iPhone 12 for $700. You said it was three. Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing this. They, oh, they, they know. Whatever. That's, a, that's another story for another time. So uh, <laughs> the, the show itself, I mean, it's I had an idea. So what did you, I want to hear what you think of just what Buckethead is alike on stage because I saw that at BB King's. What? Where were you and what was your impression of the show when it started, when it first got going? Yeah, so I was on Bill's side. Um, I got there late because I was working, and I would have liked to got there early. Not that I'm, you know, one of these huge 
nerds that have got to get to the front. And I know Praxis has a huge cult following and there's people camped out the way I was camping out for GNR yep. back in the day. So uh, I knew I wasn't going to get all the way to the front anyway, but you know, I would have liked a little better spot. But the crowd was pretty cool. And I got there, I think it was around 10 after 8. Um, okay. You know, late, late, late going on, as you said. So I was a little worried I was going to get there and the show would be started. But I kind of you know walked my way, got a little closer to the stage and had a perfect view of where Bucket was going to be in Brain. And uh, didn't have too – I'm only five foot eight, and I'm always worried about tall people in front of me. But I uh, was lucky. Didn't have anybody blocking me. So uh, that was great. It was all set up and um, waited longer than I thought we were going to wait for them to take the stage. But right. uh, what the delay was, I mean, it could have been Bill-related too, maybe just getting him kind of up for, for a show. Um, but once they took the stage, just like seeing Bucket, I got to see him and GNR six times. So very, very aware of his stage presence, was up close at the all of Vegas shows third row when i saw him in 2002 in connecticut um saw him in albany new york up against the railing so i've been very close to bucket and just as magical as i remember him 20 years ago and brain together um he's got this amazing stage presence which is obvious i guess <laughs> but yeah. there's something called uh something called i'm not sure if you're aware of it called a uh, uh, duande which is an old spanish flamenco term that was also it's also very popular in the, the with the Romy people, the, the gypsy musicians. That performer reaches a duande, and certain performers that I've seen in my life have been very fortunate. Axel included have that on stage as well as actors I've seen perform. Where it's this spiritual, magical thing that they reach that an audience member gets literally an emotional reaction and goosebumps. And Bucket had that in 2002 when I saw him and he still has that now it's just this beautiful way that he plays as weird or as eccentric as people think it is. Um, so just those opening notes when he started playing and then you're just completely taken into that world of this guy is amazing <laughs> to watch, you know, I mean, just, you know, just audio wise, you know, audibly he's amazing to hear, but, to watch him, especially with the way he plays his finger style of playing, which is unfortunately a, a dying art form. And it goes back to the, I'm a big country Western guy, American guy. And, you know, these guys like uh, Merle Travis and Chet Atkins, and uh, this amazing guy who's still alive named Malcolm Holcomb that people don't really know much about. He's basically like a country Americana Tom Waits, amazing songwriter. He's got amazing finger style with his thumb. And, um, amazing musician who passed away two years ago, Justin Towns Earl was a thumb picker, amazing thumb picker and finger picker, no pick, just thumb and forefinger and bucket doing that on electric guitar. I'm doing it on acoustic guitar is insane too. how you got to really condition your fingers to, to play that way. But he's slapping with his thumb, picking with his thumb. I mean, I'm not a guitar player, so I don't know the, the right terminology. I just know about it's called Travis picking, sleight of hand. It's called called drop thumb, some different words for it. But it's just magical to watch this guy on stage doing what he's doing with the guitar. It's, it really, it's mind blown. It really <laughs> Duande. is. Duande. <laughs> Duande. Maybe that will be the title of his 
hundredth album. I think. Yeah, it might, I think he has more than that. It's like, it's like I think it's in the four hundreds now. Yeah, I can't yeah. keep up. Yeah, I can't even use a hundred as a joke. Like he, no, he's literally no. that guy. So yeah, it's funny. Uh, my wife just says she's like, "Does he ever take the bucket off? Has anyone ever seen his face?" Yeah. I'm like, people have seen I've it. I've seen his face. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so I googled it. You know, Brian Carroll on my phone uh, yeah. for her and. He's uh, you know, she she loves music. She loves uh, jamming out. She's currently in Seattle seeing Dave Matthews for the third night in a row. Oh, she left you behind. Oh, darn. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> Just me, me and the cats. Me and the cats. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she won't be interrupting this, uh, which sometimes she accidentally does in an episode. Yeah, uh, live radio. Live radio. Exactly. <laughs> But she she liked it, and, what, and I liked it too. The show itself, and 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 watching Brain because I where I was at MSGO two was just so far back on the floor, mm-hmm. I couldn't yeah. really appreciate what I could see like from Brain's face, from Buckethead's fingers, you know, mm-hmm. and just appreciate it all. Yeah, that when you're talking about the opening, I was that guy holding up the phone, whatever. Yeah. Uh, hey. I I have a podcast. I think I would. If I now at this time in my life, I wouldn't do that anymore because who gives a shit? That's how Mm -hmm. I feel. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of document it. So here's something I don't know if you noticed during the show. This is from that guy, Dave Brundle, again, because there Mm -hmm. was a post after uh, the first show, after the show that we went to. I read a little of this. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know what? Hold on for a second. I want to wrap up talking about the show before we get to this. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the show. I would go again. My wife said she wouldn't. I guess that's her, her Dave Matthews. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I think here was the issue because while I enjoyed it, it could have been more. And I'm not, I'm not expecting anything more work because a lot of the music was mellow. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that much up tempo stuff, and yeah. and um, maybe that was by design. I'm not familiar with Praxis's music. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know some of Buckethead's. You know, I yeah. would know a soothsayer if I heard it, mm-hmm. but and he wasn't. I wasn't going to scream out Shackler's Revenge. Right. You know that that, that would have been. Oh man, <laughs> I would have had to phone out in two seconds for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so not uh, none of that, but I would have liked the more up tempo stuff. But yeah, still, we got we got the immig- we got the immigrant song, which was fucking badass. Yes, it was. <laughs> that's when the crowd uh, was like, "Oh wow!" Because it was yeah. That's when I took my phone out and recorded some. Because I'm not a big phone guy either with the shows, but I was like, "I got to capture this." My dad's a huge Zeppelin fan. I was like, "I got to show him this." And I don't think they got that on the second night. They got a lot of stuff the second night. We didn't get it on the first night either, which is fine. I'm not there to you know compare like oh, I got ripped off, but uh. Yeah, the immigrant song footage, it was badass. That could have went on for 20 minutes and I would have, <laughs> that could have been the show and I would have been happy. Sure. And then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I knew it wasn't, it's not Guns N' Roses. He's not going to be on for three and a half hours. He's right. not, he's not going to be on for two hours. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on, on an hour or so. Yeah. And the interesting is, thing, and I was, I was kind of prepared for this, although I, I had to be reminded, I'm like, how did Buckethead end his show at BB King's? He just leaves. Just leaves. <laughs> he just leaves. And I think perhaps there was a mistake because Buckethead's not going to do the bow. That's not. Mm-hmm. I don't, did he do that with GNR? Was he out there? With the, I don't remember. Is he a bow guy? Is Buckethead they a bow guy? They didn't do bows no? in the 2002 tour. Um, I think they started that in 06, if I'm, 
if I'm correct. I mean, they did I it think. back in the day with the illusions. Well, yeah, yeah. Talking about like the newer, the newer bands, um, yeah. 2002, definitely not. It was paradise city and actually, I don't even think it was thrown his microphone as much back then either. Okay. Now it's every show, but, uh, they did band introductions, but definitely no bows. Okay. You know, that was just a, thank you. Good night. Cause my wife also <laughs> asked, she's like, is there a hat under that bucket? How does it not fall off? Oh my, yeah, my girlfriend asked the same thing. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's too funny. So I, I, maybe it was a mistake by the, by Sony, by the, the venue that kind of left, that didn't put the house lights on soon enough that yes. they let the crowd get a little anxious yes. for one more song, more, more, more. Yes. Yes. That was a good, almost 10 minutes of just right. No house lights. Yeah. So you kind of, that's the cue. That's when you know a movie mm-hmm. is over in the theater. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's not like, hey, Buckethead's not going on the mic. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming out tonight. Right. It's, you know, none of that's <laughs> if happening. If he did do that, he'd be talking through a puppet, a pu- a puppet. Or a sock or whatever he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> what happens? Uh, so, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, there we go. Thought I lost you for a second. <laughs> oh, good. So that guy, I'm assuming with that, that guy, Dave, runs the Praxis Facebook page. He writes this um, on their page, a heartfelt thanks to everybody who came out last night. So this is the first night. As you're undoubtedly aware, we're in interesting times. We love the passion of fans, particularly Buckethead. But try and remember, these are people. Be respectful. Be humble. Stop, want, stop, quote, want, 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 end quote, comments or speculation or whatever and enjoy what we've been given. We understand fandom, but some of you border on problematic and that needs to scale back. Thank you again for all your support. Looking forward to tonight's show, which it, it, there was no message like that after the second show. So I, you know, I put it. Uh, I tweeted, you know, in Chris Crocker voice, leave Buckethead alone. You remember that? <laughs> leave Buckethead <Yes. Brittany> alone. <laughs> and that guy was right the whole time. <laughs> so uh, shout out. He this guy responded to Jason Britt. Shout out to you on my Facebook page about what happened, and I was assuming based upon other people's comments about the show was cut short. They felt it was short, no encore, not really understanding. So David writes on my Facebook page, com- uh, replies to Jason, small minority, but there was still enough, me, 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 I want, I want, I want nonsense going on uh, to bother me and feel the need to make that post. Fandom is awesome, dedication, dressing up, learning licks, all that stuff. It was the expectation that people were owed autographs, interactions, and what you have, particularly with Buckethead and Bill, that was appropriate, inappropriate. Not to mention needing to get, a, in all capitals, needing yeah, to get a toy yeah. to Buckethead. Uh, so pushing people out of the way in order to throw things on stage. Not cool. Ruins it for everyone, including the band. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. First thing absolutely. in my mind is you're an adult. Yeah. Behave, bro. Yeah. Like yeah, I, there was a lot of angry people leaving the venue and I stayed back for a while. Like I was actually looking for you to say, hi, um, didn't find you. So I was just waiting around. Uh-huh. And then even when we were leaving, I mean, the majority of people left, but uh, there was a lot of angry people leaving. And I mean, I kind of felt at home. I felt like I was at a GNR show in circa 2002 or something. <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> but, some like, boot, but I was like, like, I wanted to even say like, what else do you want, man? I, yeah, it was a little short. I wanted more too. And we don't know the reasons why they came on late and why they maybe left early. It could be health related with Bill. But hey, we got an hour entertainment. I got to see Buckethead and Brain after 20 years. I'm fucking great, you know? 
But there was a, there was a definitely more than a dozen angry people leaving, whether they were drunk or not or whatever. They were just they were just very bitter, very angry. And I don't even know if those are the real buckethead fans because there's such a specific like almost like GNR fans. There's the buckethead fans were just fans of his solo act, almost like Robin too, Robin Fink. You know, like he should have never been in Guns N' Roses. He should have never been there. You know, that's not a good period of his career. So I don't know if they're kind of rallying against the, you know, casual Buckethead fan or the GNR fan, you know, that's like, I want to hear GNR songs, you know, (laughs) you're, you're, you're not going to that show. It wasn't coming from me. It wasn't me. (laughs) I screamed, uh, you heard him once on the video, my opening video. I was like, Buckethead! (laughs) Like you do it in Yankee game. Yeah. That's it. Or like, Green, I love you. I'm sorry. I texted you so much. Like, you know, that's, that's all that came from me. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I think that, I think the bitterness was coming from the, I would say the casual bucket accent, you know, and then the, the, I I don't, what do I know? Well, I'm not in really that circle. Yeah. I I didn't see it. Um, I appreciate you making the effort to try to see me. I want to make sure I give a shout out to Kevin Peebles who did come over. I can see this dude come over to me like Brando. Uh, what did, I, what did I do? I'm like, are you undercover cop? Oh, he's uh, he reminded me because forgive me, I don't remember. You know, I, Sal, you comment enough on on Twitter. I, I know you uh, already, and but I, I know Kevin. He, I think, was supposed to go to that Welcome to Rockville show where mm-hmm. the weather canceled it, and he took yeah. pictures, and then I shared it, and then Loudwire quoted me as being down there taking these pictures. Oh man! And shout out to Loudwire who did fix that, by the way. And it was just a, f- a funny thing. I'm like, I'm not in Florida, <laughs> but everyone just like uh, this will segue into. Uh, I'll get the soundbite set up one of these days. But shotgun news about uh, people reporting my tweets about the uh, the waitress that was fired for taking pictures. Maybe this just segues into. We'll wrap up uh, the buckethead thing, but this segues into overzealous fans, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but. Overall, again, I physically, I, I, I'm learning how to handle it differently, you know, especially mm-hmm. since now um, it was my first time at Yankee Stadium in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't use a handy, uh, wheelchair there, but it was like, it's always anxiety riddled. And every Guns N' Roses show, I don't want to talk about it all the time because it's, it's always in my head. Uh, yeah. So maybe I guess I have to go the wheelchair ramp and just put a yeah. bunch of Guns N' Roses stickers. Uh, On a we'll personal see. level, I'll give you a lot of credit. My late uncle who I was very close with um, died of muscular dystrophy. So a lot of what you talk about hits home for me. Um, can tell you endless sad stories of coming home from school. <clears throat> my parents worked and he was living with us and coming home to him on the floor, having to pick him up from falling, being down there for hours, you know, just what he dealt with and the courage and the passion he had for life to like, just keep on going and, not using any braces, and this is in the '90s too, so it's a little different. Maybe he would embrace the some of the technology that coming out with now. Not that it's easy. I'm not saying that. No, but, I, don't, um, I don't. I don't think. But just him coming up and down the stairs himself, doing things himself, holding onto the banister with his arms and using you know any type of muscles, you know. So I give you a lot of credit for just literally <laughs> having the the courage to go out and dealing with all these obstacles because I know it's not. Not easy. Mentally, physically, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see how good I edit this, but I I, I pause, and this goes into the – ties into the handicap things, challenges that happen, right? I had to go to the bathroom. I had to take take a pee break. So, like, for instance, you know, for here, I'm in my apartment. I can just get up and go. But if you're at a show, there are lines, and you're going to fight through people. So Mm -hmm. usually when I go to concerts – 
I don't drink anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, because, yeah, I'm, I'm sober from alcohol. I'm like, maybe I'll have some water just to keep myself hydrated a little bit. But I if I have yeah. too much, if I have, like, mm-hmm. soda, I'm going to be peeing all the time. Yeah. And it's just, I, I can't keep getting mm-hmm. up and down. So something I yeah. got to think about that maybe not everyone else. Well, I guess everyone thinks about that in general. Uh, I, I, I'm not, uh, normal people do diapers. I don't think I'm ever doing that. All right. That's, okay. that's like the veteran concert movement. I never did it, but I'm a sorry. couple of times I thought about it, especially in 06 when I was waiting for GNR for hours in front of like Hammerstein ballroom, you know, waiting to get in and then getting to the rail and waiting another three hours from the get on. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to pee, but <laughs> then it comes to mind game too. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't have to, don't drink anything. <laughs> Usually I think I did this adult revolver. You find like an empty, empty beer cup in a corner. That works too. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. Well, I'm, 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 I'm handicapped. On leg. <laughs> I'm, I get if I got caught, I'm like I'm handicapped. I don't know what I'm doing. Just like, <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, <laughs> it's gotten me out of speeding tickets. Uh, there you not, go. Not, not, don't drive past kids. Not anymore. I used to be that way. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so the wrap up buckethead was great, and I appreciate your your thoughts and your comments because it's it is a challenge. Uh, I would go to more shows if it was if I always didn't have to think about that. Think about parking, mm-hmm. where to go. Um, and we'll see what the next show is. I know Guns yeah. N' Roses have, have started. They, they kicked off their show, and I want to do, like how we're doing a practice review today. I've gotten some submissions for some of the S- South American dates that I want to go, um, that I want to do on this podcast. And whenever they announce another North American tour, I'll buy ADA tickets for that. Yeah, I felt guilty not going this last a year ago when they were at MetLife. I've been to every leg of their tour since... I've been seeing them live in 93 every time they toured new band, you know, and now with the old band and uh, I just didn't want to go to MetLife stadium anymore. <laughs> yeah. I went in 2016. I was, I, I keep hoping they're going to play Yankee stadium or city field, Yep. you know, which is a little easier for me to get to. I mean, MetLife is, I don't drive. So when I went to see them in 16, it was a, it was a great show. I had great seats. It was cool, but I mean, that's a trip and a half, man, to get to. It is. You know? And I felt and it's that- not New York. They're not playing New York, man. They're playing Jersey. <laughs> You're exactly right. The, the New York Giants, the New York Jets oh, play in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> the only quote-unquote New York team is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to listener Iman, uh, diehard Guns Roses <laughs> fan who, who likes the Bills. Uh, and I'm not saying it's easy to play those venues. I don't know if they – I mean, they have concerts there, obviously, City Field and Yankee Stadium. And GNR has really – came down their antics over the years, you know, so I think they got a really good reputation. I was so I don't hoping that'd that. be an issue, but I, you know, you just never know, especially in the summertime, the availability of the stadium, how long you have to, you know, book it. I, I don't know those details, you know, we have to get on Doug for that. <laughs> right, right. But uh, yeah, but play Yankee stadium, play city field, you know, play a ball. There's so many other ball, play a minor league ballpark. The Long Island Ducks. Staten Island. Oh, How about the Staten Island? Play, <laughs> Staten Island Yankees. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's where I work now. Oh, <laughs> okay. Beautiful, actually. Yeah, that's cool. I don't work in the stadium. I work in the outlets there, clothing outlets. But uh, yeah, that's a beautiful stadium. Play there. Forty thousand people. Come on. <laughs> that's what I said to myself when I couldn't go to Wrigley anymore. When I mm-hmm. I was like, I don't hope they don't play MetLife. Play Yankee Stadium <sighs> or City Field. Yeah. And now it's MetLife, and it's like I've seen too many shows there. It's just a big, yep. big you know stadium, and it's just. Yeah. I don't know. It's not. Uh, it's a clusterfuck to get to and yeah. to get back to. Excuse my language, but excuse me. Who cares? 
Yeah, uh, we're allowed to curse. It's a Guns N' Roses podcast. Yeah, you know God that. Damn it. <laughs> I, I haven't cursed yet. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I, I, I don't overdo it. Yeah, you know, as a uh, guest, you know, as a guest, I try not to. You know, no, you can put your over, feet up. Overdo it. <laughs> no, I tell people that. Usually, I say that before. I thought since this is your second episode, you were a pro. Uh, I know, man. I no, you still learn. I'm still getting my feet wet. <laughs> so, the other concert I was supposed to see this summer was the the fucking Foo Fighters. Um, yeah, and we obviously we know the the sad situation that happened there with Taylor Hawkins, and we were, they were talking about the because I I had seen the Foo Fighters before, luckily, and I I mentioned that before where I almost got in that that tall dude because he bumped me, and I just have a Napoleon complex, and it was other than GNR related, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It really, it was just, yeah. I, I, I want to see the Foo Fighters again. I, I, I think I tried to see them in City Field and they sold out too quick. Mm-hmm. And my wife had never seen them. Actually, her sister saw, her sister saw them in Wrigley. Mm-hmm. So, and she gifted my wife a Wrigley Field Foo Fighters shirt. And she's like, am oh, I, nice. she's like, am I a poser for wearing this? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You're, you're, you're from Chicago. No, yeah, that gives her. Like, am I a poser for wearing this Megadeth shirt? I mean, I've interviewed Dave Mustaine. Absolutely not. Okay. No, are you kidding me? All right. No, man. I, I don't know them as well as GNR, but, you know, I'm still a fan and spoke to them. Absolutely. You're a fan. That's Thank right you. there. Thank yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to, wait, hold on. Where, where was I with this? It's so funny. I've been going all over the place. Uh, I was uh, wrapping up the, the bucket show and then, um, Talking oh, about the start of the, the GNR the, show. The, the Taylor Hawkins. I've seen sorry. the Foo Fighters. Taylor Hawkins. Tribute. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fu- it's funny. That's skipped my mind because that's been on my mind, even going to sleep. And, and Oh, it's got to be how <laughs> emotional that was. Yeah. Yeah, because I know uh, you said you knew it was on, but you said you, you didn't. And I understand if you want to talk. You didn't want to watch it at this point yeah. in time. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm very sensitive. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm very uh, – I cry very easily. <laughs> I'll talk about um, that. I'm an artist, uh, you know, I'm sensitive. Um, but, uh, I lost, uh, one, uh, someone I love very much musician two years ago that I'm still grieving over and probably will for a long time. Justin Townsend, who I mentioned, who does the thumb picking, used to do the thumb picking. He was amazing at it. Like fuck it is. Um, so I, I wanted to see it and just something I was, I feel like I wasn't ready to watch it. You know, I saw some highlights and I thought I started crying at just the highlights, especially, uh, seeing, Taylor's son and uh, Dave's daughter singing. Um, yeah, and just the turnout and support. I mean, I don't want to get on a rant about the whole what's happening to not just ordinary people and musicians and artists, but with the the fentanyl and I don't know if that was the case with Taylor, but just the drugs and how we're losing way too many people again to uh, to drugs. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm not gonna go on a rant, but it makes me yeah, it makes me angry, it makes me sad, it makes me frustrated um for his family, his fans, and uh just he was so young to and talented to he had so much more to give. The Foo Fighters, as great as they are, still have so much more to give as a band. I know. Um so yeah, I just wasn't ready to watch it, but I, I respect that and I understand that because as soon as it started and you know, I, I was watching it as I was kind of writing for uh, Doug's book, you know, kind of just keep my eye, eye on it and stopping whenever there was a moment I really wanted to watch. Uh, I knew at the beginning, like, oh, fuck, this is going to be sad. This is just going to yeah. be sad. I mean, this is going to be a great – I want to see who's here. This is going to be a great show. But, man, this is going to be sad. But they really did 
a brilliant job of riding that roller coaster of sad, then it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Let's remember, let's have a good time. Yeah, let's celebrate. Be serious. Yeah. Okay, let's 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 kind of remember in, in a positive fun. You know, so it was just so well done and especially the 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 mixture of artists and how they would pay respects. I was blown away as the entire rock world when Wolfgang Van Halen came out to play his father's songs. I mean, that, saw a little of that today. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, uh, Josh Homme, whatever you want to say about the guy, his David Bowie was, was scarily good. That I will have to check wow. out. Wow. I, I read about it, but I haven't heard or, or seen his, that. his version of let's dance was great. However, his uh, Goodbye Yelbic Road for Elton John was a unique interpretation of it. Nice. Uh, but Brian Johnson came out with... Back with, in Black, right? Back in Black with uh, with Justin Hawkins from The Darkness. Mm-hmm. It made me long a little bit for uh, Axel DC a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, it was great to see him back on the stage. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, Violet Grohl. I mean, wow, what a voice doing Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. Uh, paying respect to him through that. And yep. I'm sure the most a lot of the GNR fan base knows that Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, Duff's daughter, is Grace was named after Grace. that album, mm-hmm. uh, his his one and only album because he's another soul we we lost <laughs> way too young. Yeah, I got a it's online. I it's on another it's like the Desperate Times website. I, I did an interview with his former manager Dave Laurie. I got to put it up on uh, on my YouTube channel at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because I remember preparing for that interview and just really learning so much about um, Jeff Buckley and to pay uh, tribute to him and then pay tribute mm-hmm. to uh, Olivia Newton-John on the, the drum head. And then mm-hmm. our boy, Guns N' Roses, uh, former Guns N' Roses drummer, Josh Freeze, was yeah. was there throughout. Josh is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's great. A few weeks ago, he was taking a uh, spot taking a picture with Alex Van Halen. I'm like, oh, Josh Reese, he knows everyone, man. He does. Yeah. And then he's filling in. He's playing with Van Halen. He's playing with the I can't even keep up how many great bands he's not only been in, but still plays with and just jumps right in, you know, like unbelievable. Talk about a, a monster behind the kit. <laughs> I'll make the argument that and then the, this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They got to change what they do. He should be in there. Oh, yeah. With or without Devo. Like mm-hmm. he's one of those career, I don't want to say compiler, like in, like in baseball or something, but right. look at his stats. Look what he does. Look what he's, he's a, he's a hall of fame drummer. How versatile he is to go from like nine inch nails to Devo to sting. You oh, know? it's uh, <laughs> Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, like all these artists that offspring he filled in a yeah. couple times he played yeah. the offspring. Like, I mean, that's a little more down his punk rock roots, but uh, still, yeah. you know, I'm like, it was just amazing. See, I'm going to reach out to uh, to Josh, see if I can get him back on the podcast to talk about the experience. So, mm-hmm. so that'll that, be good. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, I won't bother mm-hmm. him too much. <laughs> I just try not. <laughs> uh, I'm really, I, again, I try not. I, it's just it's a battle I play in my brain. It's and, and yeah. a lot of times it spills out on this podcast. So thank you all yeah. for listening. Uh, I appreciate. Maybe you'll it. get him and Brain on at the same time. They can talk about their. GNR transition. Maybe <laughs> I mean, that's the that's a good that's a point though. You, we laugh, but Frank's like, oh, maybe I'll come on the podcast with Brain, and then that's when I was shut down from doing ever any GNR interview. Uh, Frank, I was at the I was at Brain's last show in Paris in 2006 nice. when he literally handed the drumsticks to Frank. 
Nice. In the same room as Izzy Stradlin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice, nice. <laughs> Talk about a night. Yeah. That's another podcast. That Talk is about it. that some other time. <laughs> That's it. Apparently, it's enough material to keep this podcast going. Yes. Because uh, all <clears throat> people, of course, with this podcast, it's Guns Roses Theme Podcast, like, is, is GNR going to make an appearance? Well, you first know that they're not because they're out of town. Uh, they're in Brazil. So they couldn't physically be there. At least, I don't know what they're going to be when it, the show is in California. This one was in at Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked. I don't think they're they're still going to be in South America. Yeah, but they're going to be out of states. I think till November, till Christmas. I think. Sure. So, yeah. but and it's not. And I get like you don't need to take a red eye back. It's just not logical. But as soon mm-hmm. as I saw, I think the first video message was from Elton John. I'm like, GNR is going to do that. Yeah, I knew it. Because I think it was a little bit more than Slash and, and Duff. They shared the, the Taylor Hawkins information on their social media because they love Taylor. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they've expressed that before on their social media. But I just think maybe that's what they were doing. But I'm like, you know what? As soon as that video thing happened, I bet it's going to happen. I didn't know it's either going to be Slash and Duff or all three. Mm-hmm. That I didn't know. And I was like, wow, this would be – if they're getting Rush out there – which South Park did it first a few weeks ago, by the way, with getting rushed back. But getting like some of these artists that just haven't played in a while, uh, uh, fucking James Gang, just like amazing, mm-hmm. uh, them quick vultures with John Paul mm-hmm. Jones. Maybe they'll get Axel. No, it was just slashing Duff in what yeah. may be a rehearsal room. You saw Frank's drum kit behind the scene. Uh, for one, since I knew it was coming, I had my. I'm watching on the same laptop I'm looking at right now. I had my phone next to me. I'm like, I'm gonna be ready. I wasn't just yeah. holding the phone up though. I was kind of like quick draw on the girl. I'm like, oh, shit, and just, <laughs> just start taping my low quality iPhone 12 vid uh, and shared it. You know, uh, I wanted everyone to see it and and, and share mm-hmm. it. And I'll say this, and maybe you can get, give your opinion. Don't maybe give your opinion. But like, what? Where's Axel? Wherever the fuck he wants to be. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was too like you didn't want to watch it. Maybe it was too emotional mm-hmm. for him to be in it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I didn't realize. First of all, that the, it's kind of ironic, and all, I think it's awesome how Axel was on the same stage as Dave Grohl to begin with after 1992 and the right. whole Nirvana thing, you know, like, and even Pat Smear, who <clears throat> you know, who was the second guitar player in Nirvana during their last years. Um, but how they've all kind of reconciled and Dave gave him the chair and everything else. And uh, I, I didn't realize how close they all kind of became in the last few years, you know, and especially when Taylor died and I wasn't expecting Axel, that's not his style. Um, of course, I mean, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. I'm sure he's reached out to the family and yeah. he probably sent more flowers than we ever could imagine. And, you know, that's just, you know, it's not his style. I don't think he would, I don't think he's doing it because he's, you know, too cool or too, you know, whatever. I think it's just uh, his way of, I mean, he hasn't, I'm, I was a huge, huge and still am blind Melon Shannon Hoon fan and Axel, but no one's really obviously had the chance to ask him, but he's never even really publicly talked about Shannon. Yeah. He wore that blind Melon shirt a couple of years ago on tour. You know, he was but a fan and I was like, that's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. but you would even think maybe like, you know, the anniversary comes up, they've been on tour numerous times when, Shannon's anniversary came up, they would sing dedicated, you know, or maybe have Shannon's daughter, you know, I, sing I asked her that. With the band, you yeah. know? Yeah, you did. Um, and I got to talk to Danny Clinch at the premiere of the blind melon Shannon documentary, nice. which was emotional. And, uh, we talked a little bit about that. Um, That's cool. I think it's just Axel's way of dealing with things, you know, it's, sure. uh, um, 
but who knows? But, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting anything from Axel, but I think his tweet was beautiful that he wrote to him. And, um, the pictures that Kat shared, which we start seeing like years later. I'm like, these are amazing photos. We're, we're never, we're never going to get a book. So like, <sighs> just share them. We're never going to get a tour book. We're never going to just, just put them out there. Just like, know. you know, why we got to see this picture from like four years ago. It's beautiful. And I'm all backstage talking and especially him, Axel and Taylor talking, right. you know, like, yeah. So, so uh, he yeah. doesn't need to explain himself to anybody. Just like Buckethead no. doesn't need to explain himself. To <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, they're, they're human beings. Just yeah. like that, that guy said. Uh, they're human mm. beings, and um, you know we lost a human being with, with, with Taylor Hawkins. And you, you know, mm. you're, you said you have no problem uh, admitting that you cry. I, <laughs> you know, I, at first I was holding back. I was getting sad lumps in my throat. Mm-hmm. But then uh, times like these, and at the end, it's just like fuck, man. How could you not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I could start crying, bro. It was and just it's a health, healthy release, man. This is 2022. Man. Know, it was just like, <laughs> fuck, man. You start thinking about your own life, and I'm like, yep. everything they did, because I wasn't around for the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. <sighs> yeah. You know, I yeah. wasn't. What was yeah. it? 85. 92. Oh, what am I thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking of yeah. Barmaid. Live, live Aid. Live yeah. Aid. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Live Aid. So yeah. 92, yeah. I was too young. Regardless, yeah. both of them, I was too young. Yeah. Uh, in my lifetime, this was the greatest televised concert ever. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from a lot of people, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to, to see the Freddie Mercury concert live. You know, as it happened on TV, it was broadcast on three channels at that, at that time. Yeah, I never had that. Here, it's, it was either a, on YouTube or uh, Paramount Plus, if you have Yeah, it. yeah. Being a huge Queen fan, I was crying the whole time. It was the first band I really got into. Um, the game album is still, <laughs> I, I can count the bass licks on the song dragon attack that leads up to another one bites of dust. Cause as a kid, I would just play that album over and over again, spin around with the cover and kick off the dun, 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 that leads into another one bites of dust. It's like, I count them. Another one bites of dust. <laughs> but Freddie Mercury concert. I thought that was it's still, it's, it's so timeless. You, I have the DVD now I'll put it on once in a while, you know, we'll watch the YouTube, you know, and I think that's what's going to be with Taylor from everything I've heard, you know, in six hours, you know, yeah, it was like, beautiful. That's and, fine, you know. And I grew up with knowing about the Freddie Mercury tribute and knowing about Radio mm-hmm. Gaga and everything. But this mm-hmm. was the first time, like, we've sat down, especially during the pandemic where everybody was live streaming. This was yeah. just so well put together. And they included Queen in such a way with Roger Taylor mm-hmm. and, uh, and Brian May. It was just so well done and thought out that it's just like how have award shows gotten it wrong for so long like just get dave grohl to run everything yeah holy shit it was nothing was overblown everything was just tied in whether it was subtle or it was Mm -hmm. obvious everything just Mm -hmm. like a song like an album it really was a beautiful i didn't think i don't know if i I was gonna watch the whole thing but where Mm -hmm. am i going i was just writing and watching the whole thing yeah, uh, the whole time. So, yeah. yeah, when you get a chance, you know, just do watch some of the, the, the happier performances. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> Even when I'm, you know, when I'm in my my really, I'm ready to be sad. I'm already sad and messed up for the day, so I'll just watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are plenty of those. So yeah, definitely, definitely uh-huh. watch. Yesterday just wasn't the day. I wasn't in the. Luckily, fortunately, it wasn't that space, but it's coming. It I got <laughs> all good. I was just like, you know what? I want to watch it. I want to at least for me yeah. to to talk about it on a podcast and I'm glad I was able to get it out at least with you. Cause I was tweeting away about it and yeah, I appreciate I everybody in, yeah, in, uh, yeah. engaging with me. But yeah. yeah. Just to talk about that a little bit in addition to 
the practice practice show because I want to talk mm-hmm. about concerts. So again, I put it out there. People who have reached out to me, if you're going to any of the South American dates, I know it's hard with trying to figure out time is time zone. We'll always do our best. Not everybody's like Sal. We're both in Eastern time zone. No issues here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to, to figure it out, man. Um, oh, and uh, this is, I guess, what I want to talk about. Because I told you some stuff off the air that I'm like, do I want to finish talking about it? So in addition to talking about like my, my disability experience and praxis and, and talking about my feelings, geez, this is, should be like appetite for emo. For, you know, uh, I think, was that somebody used that phrase once? I wish I could give them credit. Uh, but I started talking a little bit about the update with the book and then I deleted it because I'm like, you know what? I, it's sometimes with uh, Twitter or social media, things could, you know how well thought out you think what you write is, Right is it could be taken out of context. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. take this down. Same thing with the Alan Niven interview that I shared, a new Alan Niven interview that I did, um, and something else I should have prepared. A listener of mine did it, uh, which is crazy. He works from some sort of news outlet, and I'm reading it, and uh, a lot about Great White GNR stuff is unfortunately what you expect. A lot of uh, bitterness uh, towards Doug Goldstein and Axel Rose um, that he almost regrets managing Guns N' Roses and just said some nasty things about Doug. And I kind of quoted the nasty things about Doug and I just sigh. You know, it's just sad because I love them both. And it, it's true. I mean, love is a, a you know, I love my wife. I say, you know, I'm not, but I, I've met Alan. He's been on the show. It's not like I, I consider somebody a friend like that just from interviewing them. But I told the story about Arizona, meeting him, throwing up in front of him, me, <laughs> Him yes. buy, and, his, and his wife buying me lunch and my, my wife lunch, who's great. And Doug, obviously, I've developed a relationship with now with his working on his book. And people were reaching out to Doug being like, that's fucked up of Brando to share that. Like, what? Like, I'm just reporting what happened. And if anything, maybe you you wanted me to go up and in on, on Alan and being like, fuck you. I don't want to do that. No. It's just no. not. That's not my experience, and I, I don't. It's not devaluing Doug's experience. It's just that's just not me. It just makes me sad. It's kind of like how mm-hmm. it was with the Axel and Slash. I just yep. was like I was kind of more of an Axel guy. I'm kind of more of a Doug, a Doug guy because I'm closer mm-hmm. with him. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I I really wish you got along. Kind of thing. So uh, see, those, so that being said, with Doug's book, which Alan knows about, so I'll be. I, I unfortunately have to be kind of vague. Because, you know, the only people really involved in it are Doug and I, and there might, we might add, we're going to add some people at, at the at the end, you know, when we're we get going. So there's a literary contact that we have, and uh, so the way I've been writing, I've written such small amounts before. I, yeah, I have a broadcast journalism background. I did creative writing throughout my, you know, through college and high school, and little articles and newspapers and little things like that. It's not like I've never written. Anything. I've never written a book. I have a self-published Cape Cod book, which is not much. I haven't written Tolstoy. You know, I haven't written War and Peace. I'm not writing, you know, fan fiction. I'm not going crazy, but I have written. So my plan was what kind of almost what we're doing now with Doug. Not so much of an interview, him tell stories, me ask questions, gear him. We did that for almost a year. I'm transcribing all that shit, which takes so long to do, even with the transcription program. And trying my best to organize it all to make mm-hmm. sense and what goes into what chapter. You know, it, because 
just because you're talking about the St. Louis riot, that's, is that one chapter or is there going to be other stuff involved in that chapter? Right. So I'm doing all of that. And, and at one point, Doug's like, I think we're ready to go talk to somebody. We should be getting paid for our work now. Okay. We talk to somebody. This guy is like, you know, gives us information we're supposed to have. I'm working some more. I'm supposed to come up with a one-page uh, summary. I'm coming up with a three- to five-page summary. Do those. Show those to Doug. He loves them. Mm-hmm. Send it to these, this guy, this person, and it was like, Brandon's not the guy. He, he's like, he, he can't do this. And I was like, what? That's not was never on the, the table. So, and I apologized, you know, if Doug, whatever, hears this, but it's because it affected, and it's the same, I tied it with, with Axel and Chinese democracy and everything. It's silly, but it affects your mental health at times. When people doubt you, where it's like, wait a minute, I'm doing it. I'm working on it. You know, when people are like, oh, maybe Axel's being lazy or sitting on his ass. I'm sure maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was working. I don't know what he was doing, but I'm not. So it was just a lot of being judged for my time when you don't know how I'm spending my time. Cause I took the last, mm-hmm. uh, like seven weeks off. Both Doug and I did. Mm-hmm. He had some stuff to take care of. I had some stuff to take care of mm-hmm. and just to get away from the book. And yeah. the guy, it's just like being questioned where, where, where you sent me nothing in seven weeks. You're, we're not working with you're, you may be working. Like it's just, what is happening mm-hmm. here? So I, it makes me super defensive when I feel like I'm a, <clears throat> trying to be like outed or things behind my back, but Doug has been just yep. amazing the entire time. I, I, you know, I love the guy to death. I spoke to him yesterday at length. Uh, maybe we texted. Oh yeah, I think at the beginning, right? Let's see what he texted me. It's so funny. He just like randomly texts me stupid shit, and not even always about the book. Uh, uh, this Facebook reel, hilarious. You now I'm gonna watch it on Facebook. What is this? Oh, Forty. Okay, this is too long. It's just like it's like a forty-five second stupid video. He's like hilarious, and then sometimes he'll send me that because Doug is just that's just Doug. And what else did he send me? Uh, if I haven't, he sent me this uh, last night. Okay, if I haven't, I want to get into detail about how Axel treats women, how he's an absolute gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to say that him and Russell Hitchcock, from <laughs> you know Russell Hitchcock. Uh, uh, I'm all out of love, sorry, uh, are the best-mannered, kindest men. And I told them, like, oh, we talked about uh, a white horse story with Stephanie Seymour. Oh, there's so much more than that. So that's what I mean. So there's, there's so much to do. There's and when 10 I'm, pages right there. <laughs> bro, I have clo- I said, bro, I, the New York is coming out in this episode. <laughs> I have close to 200 pages, if not 200 pages now, mm-hmm. and I'm not done. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's the front. So the bottom line for me is someone like you has, has to be the one to get these stories out of Doug. And the fact that you have such a great relationship, and I've seen it on the podcast and heard it, how comfortable he is talking to you. You're going to, you're, you are the one who's going to be the vessel to get all those books, oh, excuse me, have those stories out. I hope you know? so. Because I think that um, this guy doesn't see because you, Wait, I got it, buddy. Yeah, that guy doesn't see it because he can get somebody else to sit in your chair who can't ask the questions that and you're not coming come from the same perspective. Like you're a GNR fan, you know, the questions to ask, you're not being, you know, superficial or just being yeah, exactly. Like, you're not, no, looking who did gossip. you fuck? You're, who did you do drugs telling, with? No, no. Yeah. You're telling Doug's story. You yeah. Know? So unless this guy wants something else, which would be a bullshit book, in my opinion, 
I don't want to read another. I think, I think Guns N' Roses gossip book. A quote unquote. I want to hear uh, Doug's story. I know it's a quote unquote yeah. author, but my I'm, I'm like Snooky's an author. But, yeah, but I know break, they always yeah. get somebody to work with, and I've always I've always been open to that working. With. Mm-hmm. We'll see if you know this is a uh, you know a, a, a three off you know by Doug Goldstein by Brandon Weisler by so and so book or mm-hmm. edited by so and so. I've always been open to that. But yeah, yeah, I just showed this guy the bare bones, and I'm like, he doesn't see the forest through the trees, and that's really huh. frustrating. So, you know, that's something that's been I've been dealing with, and I've wanted to talk about for a while, and I just need to get that off a little bit. And you know, whether or not we end up working with this guy, whatever, but just know I'm Doug and I have a plan. We both are happy with it, and that's obviously we mm-hmm. want we wish it can come out sooner. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, every day I'm, I'm I. I wrote a little bit before we started. I wrote yesterday. I wrote the mm-hmm. day before. And a lot of it's just like what Axel once said about user illusion. It's going through it with a fine-tooth comb. And, yeah. and, and right now it's just like a big brush because mm-hmm. it's, it, you should, it, it's not a mess anymore. But needing to go back with like, hey, Doug, we got this story. But, you know, let's get some details about that. You know, what did that yeah. look like? You know, yeah. I wasn't there. Where did that person look? You know, yeah. little things like that. Yeah, going through the rabbit hole of different events and different yeah. So it's uh, interactions. Yeah, I, I I can't help but think, and it's not going to take this long. I not going to would, but and it's a different kind of book. But when Susan Holmes McKagan wrote her first book, uh, The Velvet Rose, it said it took her nine years, nine mm-hmm. years, and I don't care. A lot if of I, good books do. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't care if I have to keep doing rough drafts, keep going back mm-hmm. and back and back. That's fine, mm-hmm. but just. Don't say I can't do it. You know no. what I mean? That's uh, no. That's something. That's something that Doug says. That Slash says. You know when like uh, when you say, "Oh, you can't do something." Slash. Slash like, "Don't tell me what I can't do." Yep. So it's a you lot know of what you can do. I have yeah. a lot of that. I have a little bit of the slash in me. Good. I have the Steven in me where I just maybe say too much. Uh, the Axel where I get my feelings hurt and I'm too sensitive. Yes. I'm like yep. I'm like Duff. I, know, I want I everybody that. to get along. <laughs> Dude, yes. I am all of them. I am all of Guns N' Roses. That's how. Just it don't is. be. Just don't be an Izzy and disappear on us. <laughs> you know what though, man? I respect the fuck out of that guy because same here, man. Same the here. fact that he's still left, and I really appreciate. It's so funny uh, that my Izzy story from Rachel Bolin went viral. Shout yeah. out to the uh, the, Ch- the Chuck shoot because I want to give always give credit where I can when I remember. Mm-hmm. He got this story out of Rachel Bolin a year ago. And then uh, it went viral. I don't know if it went viral again with me or just went viral with, with me. But when I guess asked Rachel for a fun story, nothing salacious. And he just t- says, like, he's talking to Izzy about, you know, uh, it's on Twitter. If it's on YouTube, if you want to watch the whole thing. Yeah. But he's talking to Izzy about motorcycles and riding and, and things like that for like two hours. And, then he's, and when they were touring together, Skid Row and, and Guns, and he talks to Duff. He's like, oh, I was just talking to Izzy for a couple hours. You know, he's a great guy. You were talking to him for a couple hours? Yeah. The whole band hasn't spoken to him for a couple hours collectively in like months, and he's like, "Sorry." Yeah, so, so it was just show. It was showing the way that that Izzy was slowly getting out of it. And it was, you know, I appreciate yeah. all the the sites that that shared it, and uh, you know, it's this fucking. I don't ask for a salacious shit, but you know. Mm-hmm. You, you get it that anyway. Wasn't at all. It's just, yeah, that's the so we'll see facts. what happens with, with Doug. I mean, my God, I mean, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff down. It is really cool. And yeah, yeah I, I no want to give intended. just both of you stick to your guns. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I think you're, you're going down the right path. And, uh, and it's the book that 
us serious like fans would want to read instead of another gossipy bullshit. And you know? what I would like to do is to give a select when it's quote unquote finished, give a select few to a few fans and have them kind of fact check it. Mm-hmm. Did I get anything wrong? Mm-hmm. I want this to be as good as fucking possible. I don't mm-hmm. want a Chinese democracy it. I understand yep. that. I have that problem. I've learned that with the podcast where I'm like, fuck it. I got to, with my ums and uhs and whatever, I'm like, I just got to leave it as is. Otherwise, I'm going to be tinkering with shit forever. Sure. But I'm not, we're not tinkering. We're still building <laughs> at this point. So just like with this podcast also, I like being transparent. I think that's a fun thing to see the behind the scenes. While like you, Sal, and other people mm-hmm. to get involved in episodes, uh, yeah. I, we want you, Doug, too, wants you to be involved in the book. Mm-hmm. It's It's giving, as somebody who is on the other side who sees what it's like. Uh, uh, I mean, while I've never been upper management like that, I know how mm-hmm. that world works and how yeah. close knit it is. And especially coming mm-hmm. from a guns and roses world where you get nothing. Mm-hmm. I like, let's all come along for the ride. Let's yeah. I'm, I'm just happened to be steering the ship because I have the microphone in front of me or mm-hmm. I have the computer typing away the book, but let's, mm-hmm. this is our trip. This is good. This yeah. is fun. So that's, that's one good thing about social media too. You get, Fans ask maybe some quick, hey, can you ask maybe a little bit more about this? Or yeah. Oh. This? Did you ask Doug about this? Oh, yeah, I didn't. That's a good idea. You know. Without you and some and my, my listeners, I would not ask the great questions. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Some of them, yes, because I can ask questions. But yeah. there, there are some detailed ones I'm like, I never would have thought of that yeah. I'm, I'm constantly getting. So as far as like the next guest is concerned, I have nothing planned as of now. They all kind of just happened. Which is yeah. just crazy. How does Dave Mustaine just happen? How does Rachel Bolin just happen? Well, I'm lucky that I have the career that I do, that sometimes you come across these things. I'll reach out to Josh Freeze. We'll see what the, uh, what happens. Uh, will I get Miles Kennedy back on? We'll, we'll, we'll try because I know they're coming out, Alter Bridge, with a new record. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. You know, There's a lot of big names out there. There's a lot of smaller names I want to reach out. I think I yeah. told you... Uh, you're, are you friends with the 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 guy who was the director for the uh, 2002? Alex Coletti, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was friendly enough with him when I worked in Brooklyn Heights. He was a customer of mine. He's a great guy, and he he's the reason that I uh, kind of got really close with Richard Fortas at one point because oh. he got me backstage at Bella Revolver at Roseland Ballroom, and I got to meet Richard back there. And, oh, okay, yeah, and this kind of led to the ballroom. But he uh, he's got some great stories. He's a great guy. His career is amazing. I mean, just Nirvana unplugged and being a part of that is, you know, that could be a whole podcast, even though it's on GNR, but sure. um, he's got some great stories about getting GNR to play the 2002 MTV Awards I know. and some great Axel stories from MSG 2002. Um, I, yeah, so definitely he would be he'd be great if he's willing to do it. I know he's, uh, he can be, he's very humble, but uh, he's not really one to like create the spotlight and sure. he, he should because of all the stuff he's done i know but not great. everyone's yeah. like that i had been working yeah. i think i reached he's one of those guys like does he have i don't know he doesn't have a public email or a web address so i found him on facebook i think we had some common instagram. friends instagram. yeah instagram sometimes yeah. <laughs> and he seemed like kind of into it then it fell off and yeah. then i started talking at my wedding i started talking to one of my best friends uh sean Kassoff, who who he works for uh, jimmy fallon as a camera mm-hmm. operator and Alex used to be the director of Fallon, gig, yeah. of, of Fallon yeah. Tonight. And mm-hmm. he's like, get Alex to talk about this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he had mentioned it a few years ago, but I don't think he understood that I would be okay talking to the director. He just thought like I wanted some information. Right. And I'm like, no, I've spoken to Sally Fertini, who is the yeah. senior uh, VP, I believe, or senior of promotions about that night. So, yeah, 
I hit up Alex after I realized, oh shit, Alex is Sean's friend. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to name drop him, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I sent him an email being like, oh, you're Sean's friend. You know, it's whenever you want. He's like, oh, okay, I'd love to do it. Not, not good timing now, maybe mid-October. Mm-hmm. So hopefully mid-October. We'll get some more stories. It's still, yeah. still considered the 20 year anniversary. It's still 2022. So. <laughs> right. We, we've been talking about that lately. It was recently the anniversary yeah. of the 2002 VMAs. And yep. I, I remember where I was. I spoke about that the first couple episodes of, of the podcast. I mean, I was, yeah. I was having sexy time with my then girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there are people who remember that uh, fondly, like me. Mm-hmm. And there are people who uh, just never want to watch it again. Right. Because Axel, you know, lost his uh, whatever. He was excited. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing. So yeah, let's, we're looking forward to talking to Alex Coletti. You know, knock on wood. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned this was a long. I'm just thinking about it now. Uh, Matt Sorum. I don't know. I mean, he's not doing any interviews now. Where's that book? <laughs> it's out now. That's the thing. Uh, did it come out? Yeah. It finally came out. Okay. It, it, I think it had too many stop starts, and because they, they, it's launched, it's fucked up. And all the interviews yeah. he does now are are pre taped. Or he maybe he just, uh, maybe now okay. he just did. I'm so. We'll I see. read it before it was supposed to come out. I'm not going to say how I read it, but uh, I was interested to see if some of the things he wrote in there were going to be take, going to be taken out for legality. From what reasons, I understand, but, uh, <laughs> from what I understand, they were because I read the one that was supposed yeah. to come out, and then it got postponed, same, and then same, the, yep, the yep. yeah, who read the book about th- things were cut out, and I that's not okay. what I, yeah. So that's nah. So look, even if you have a professional system around you for setting up a book it gets fucked up yeah <laughs> so i yeah oh and, and i true. also said to, i also said to to doug i'm like aren't you worried about being like sued or threatened with lawsuits did that happen with matt sorum or slash he's like he's like i never signed an nda i was yeah. the manager why would i make mm-hmm. myself sign an nda <laughs> and i quit we're fine. <laughs> i'm like okay okay bro well, I'm, i mean this is a selfish thing though i i, I would love to talk to Doug just about this, this t-shirt I'm wearing that night, December 29th, 2001, that show. I mean, poor Doug's Axel's epic rant, which is not recorded anywhere. Cause it was, you couldn't get anything into the, into these two shows. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you could, no, yeah, I'm sorry. You could get anything you wanted into these two shows the year before security was basically strip searching you. So nobody didn't, could think about bringing anything into these two shows. Oh, they thought, and we just walked right in. So they, people could have recorded the, the whole two shows and okay. put a tripod on and fine. But poor Doug standing on the stage while Axel's ranting and, uh, okay. Breaking, breaking shit off stage. <laughs> um, reminds me of- I just, just, ahead, just that night, I would just love to hear his, what went on those nights, his, his emotional state during that night here and Axel go off on him on stage. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's not pleasant memories, but, you know, just kind of hear him. I've spoken to him briefly about, about well, like when, when Slash talks about being thrown out, you know, yeah. Slash, uh, Doug has told me his side of that. But yes, you know what? Uh, good, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to Doug. Uh, oh, you know what? Because this reminds me. He, we want to work on uh, an episode with uh, Pyro Pete Part 2. Yeah, and, Pyro Pete. <laughs> and also Doug, uh, d- uh, Dr. Stephen Thaxton, the user mm-hmm. illusion chiropractor part two yeah. maybe we'll get mm-hmm. them on together so that's uh yeah so that's in the works but you know that reminds me maybe uh, i'll ask doug that i will you know, we'll do a review of those shows and we'll get on some listeners yeah. we'll see and yeah. before i go because uh, this story if i had the shotgun news i would play it shotgun news i would play it <laughs> uh maybe perhaps you saw the story of this is regarding like high, not, you're not allowed to bring in cameras you got to be safe 
you saw Guns N' Roses staying in that hotel in it was in Brazil, right? Yeah, the and other night, yeah, the first night of the show, just looking like Beatlemania outside. Yeah, know, just fan. it always is out there for them in South America. That's a whole other. I can't even imagine. I, I bucket list to see <laughs> a show down there, but I don't think I would want to. <laughs> I would get ADA. <laughs> You'll pretend to be handicapped. You'll be with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a hardcore. That's a hardcore country and group. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bless you know, them. they're amazing. I'm just. I mean, I think I'm too old now for that stuff. <laughs> I use this. No matter an- where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I use this analogy today because. Uh, for the third night of Dave Matthews, uh, my wife has the floor. You see, there's, there's a whole process that you have to arrive at this time, and there's a raffle, mm-hmm. and this. I'm like, I just saw a video of Guns N' Roses in Brazil, and people just <laughs> running like it was Godzilla behind them. Like, yeah, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just craziness. Uh, yeah. But I want to mention, because I used to be bad a little bit in radio with maybe taking pictures with asking for taking pictures with celebrities or Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was working at Sirius XM and I was at the Catholic channel, which shared this whole story. I shared a window with mad dog radio, which is sports channel. And Bernie Williams was in there, the Yankees. And I took a picture of the back of his head. I mean, it's fucking weird. (laughs) Or uh, Avril Lavigne was there once and I took a picture of her mic stands. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't do those fucking things. I was, I was wrong. So when they stayed in this hotel, sure, if you want to be outside and scream Axel and all these things, they wave from the top like a Vita. You know, mm-hmm. uh, don't cry for me, Brazil. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was good. I, it was good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Thank you, though. Uh, so, uh, uh, but this one wait- waitress, and before it became a story, I see this video. I'm like, she's like behind the bar in the hotel lobby, like videotaping Axel, like walking yeah. back in from the ledge. And walking mm-hmm. into the lobby and the elevator, I'm like, that's, that's fucking weird. Just yeah, like how I didn't so. like those people that stopped Axel on the bike. And it's just like, I know there were good interactions at the end and he's signing these things, the people that are around his home. No, it's just something not, a little yeah, weird about gotta draw it. the line, yeah. So she was fired. So that yeah. was fired. And the only reason I know, and it was very, <laughs> very funny to see sites like Loudwire and Metal Sucks pick it up. Because they picked up my tweets from it. Mm-hmm. I'm always on Twitter going, I'm always on Twitter, but I'm always on uh, <laughs> looking up Guns N' Roses, like searching, because mm-hmm. I love getting news from the fans. You know, people posting pictures they found, you know, from fourth grade. It's just, I, I, I follow Blabbermouth, I follow Ultimate Classic Rock. I'm going to yeah. get the regular news. I mm-hmm. love just seeing his random, th- random Guns N' Roses jokes. And yeah. sometimes, because a lot of the fan base, doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get that information, so, but I will through Twitter. So right. I start to see the story. And thankfully, social media translates everything. So I can read mm-hmm. what happened in the video of her crying outside the restaurant, getting after he was fired, showing the press down there her guns and roses, roses with guns across, yes. tramp stamp. Tramp, tramp stamp. Right above, <laughs> yeah. if you don't know what that is, that's right above the crack in your ass. <laughs> And I basically put that in my Twitter being like, she got fired, then showed her, her Guns N' Roses tramp stamp. Yeah. And I guess keep seeing my tramp stamp stupid remark and all these news outlets. So I'm glad nobody was offended by that, by the way. Because that's just, oh, yeah, these days. That's like, what I mean. Can't, you can't use that word, man. Uh, so I don't know. She, it's, okay, it's okay to be a tramp. I, I don't know what she is. That's just what it's called. <laughs> just think about it. There, I see people making comments like, I don't want to be looking at that if I'm back there. <laughs> dude i saw the most beautiful woman 
uh, it was online with the most beautiful Axel face portrait on her back. Why would I want to see that? Yeah. Like, have you seen that horrendous one with with DJ Ashba? Yes. Well, I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's God bless her husband, boyfriend, uh, partner, whatever. That's just yeah, not for me. A close, close your eyes moment was, every time. That's, you know, <laughs> what a way to end the show. What a way to end the show. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to get that out there because that's a little bit of GNR news. Mm-hmm. I guess that's coming yeah. out there and uh, we'll see. Uh, Do we get I, a new song on this uh, leg in South America? A lot of fans are hoping. Uh, we get perhaps, we get Atlas Shrug, do we get State of Grace? I'm going to say perhaps and give a shrug. That's the best I can do. But I, I will say that the fact that Absurd and Hard School are out and they did yeah. happen, it wasn't a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything could happen. So, yeah, I think that's awesome they're playing them, you know? I mean, uh, I just wish we got a user illusion box set 30 that, years later. That I'm still a little angry at. I'm not bitter. I'm just, you know, like Axel said, uh, no, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just commenting. No, I'm commenting. an orator. I'm an orator. There you go. It's oratory. <laughs> That's what I say. But I, 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 I still I'm boggles it. my mind that how sorry to cut you off. No, no, just a it. kind of a Please. pet peeve of mine for all these bands, not just GNR. You you spend a ton of money in production on hiring a film crew, and I know some of them do it for legalities. They want their to show. You know, anything happens in the show. This is they have professional footage. But why would you spend all that money with a professional film crew filming all these shows and do nothing with it? Nothing. Just let it sit in a vault for, you know, for, for what? Why? You know, I'm not a you know, financial genius, you know, as far as like turning around, making money off it. But this day and age, like do something with it, you know? I'm hoping now because, yeah, there was, the, there was a time like he uh, established in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction that he wanted to separate himself from the old band. And that would yeah. be incorporating it. Now, I know it's not Izzy and it's not Matt right. Sorum or, mm-hmm. oh, of course, that was that, that news that came out. You know, Thankfully, the rumor was killed right away when he saw a picture of Gilby and Matt in Brazil yeah, at the those, same time. Yeah, like, hmm. But they were there for <laughs> another event. Like, right, what, right. what are the fucking odds? But yeah, it's fucking. But you know, Axel and Slash. I mean, Axel and Duff met randomly in a hotel, mm-hmm. and that True. led to not in this lifetime. But now, yeah. with this not in this lifetime phase, um, it's gonna. I believe it's gonna happen. And I could say this because he said this publicly. Uh, a fan collector, Tim, Tim Tricoli, Tim Tricoli, who was actually he wanted to visit me uh, when he was in New York, but didn't have the time. He's out in L.A., I believe. Um, he donated to the initial box set, the original one. And he's mm-hmm. also donated to the user illusion box set. Yeah. So he's donated to, so it exists. It's just yeah. a matter of when it's matter of when, I don't know if soon is the word, right. You know, kind of, kind of thing. I mean, just to put out a concert documentary. I mean, just will give us a professional show from each, each leg from 91, 92, 93, you know, that we haven't seen online right. already, you know, it's like, crazy. They have 91 Wembley, 92 Slane Castle, 93 Germany, you know, like Metallica does pay, it. I'll pay for it. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Metallica does it the best in my opinion, as far as I'm aware, you know, it's, uh, and I get it. Yeah. it. That stuff costs money, but how it's not in a budget and a band that size. And like I said, you're filming, you're spending the money to film. Why would not do something with it? You know, but Hey, <laughs> we're not Axel. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, not in production. <laughs> all, all we can do is speculate, and I'm just glad that you know the band continues to tour. Absolutely, uh, there bless is, them all. Bless them all. There mm-hmm. is promise of new stuff. Whether you want to call it new old stuff, 
whether yeah. you want to you know call box set new stuff. I think things are going to happen more so than just the the things that they sell on their merch. I, I find better merch and other you know. No comment. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, guys. No just, comment. There are good T-shirts. I mean, I like the, the the shirts that come out. They're designed by like Arian Bueller and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't need a shot glass. You know, seventy five dollar cup. I don't need that. That shit. Or something that looks like my eleven year old nephew wrote Guns N' Roses on and uh, sell it for you know eighty bucks. You know, no offense to the artist. There was that that, stuff, that weird collab they did with this um, <laughs> designer. Never heard of Market. It was like a. It just would say yeah. Market in big yellow market letters on it. Yep. And then and have like smiley faces with guns. Yeah. Why uh, would I want that unless I'm four? Yeah, uh, and the band's getting a, maybe a tre- tremendous amount of money from that company that maybe has it to I, use their. I, I don't know. I don't, well, maybe they want to give away free stuff on this show. Then I'll I'll pretend to like it. Then there you go. <laughs> no, okay, like Should have gave some out of his show. <laughs> oh man, I, I was going to buy a Praxis. It's funny. I don't know about you. I was going to buy a Praxis shirt, but all it said was Praxis on it. Yeah, buckethead uh, brain Bill as well. I'm like, no, I want a fucking uh, chicken coop on this. Yeah, I got enough GNR merch from the last 30 years to last me a lifetime. Yeah, uh, so do <laughs> no I. No more. No so more. do I. <laughs> uh, we'll see what I get. Although I bought this, I tried to buy this Megadeth shirt before I interviewed Dave, but it, it didn't come until like a week after. Ah, damn it. And I bought it from the website. See? Yeah. So you have cool shit on the website? I'll buy it. <laughs> what, yeah, but I digress. I've digressed a lot in this, uh, this episode. No, I, I appreciate your, your time, Sal, and, and uh, everyone oh, listening always. to this. Pleasure always to be with you, man. This episode. Yeah. I haven't done this ep- kind of episode in a long time. A lot of the interviews yeah. are kind of, sh- I've been doing some shorter ones briefly and maybe doing a short recap after, but I haven't done like a full GNR, you know, regurgitate yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. in a while I needed to get it out and I felt you yeah, were absolutely the it feels good I feel good good it was a, you should feel good <laughs> it was a good therapy session in a lot of ways a lot of ways yeah, appetite for email so uh, do you have anything because I know you're on Twitter you're on Twitter you don't have nothing to promote right you're not no uh, I am a I'm an actor and a writer but I have nothing sadly to promote in the last few years just mostly been trying to put my head down and work a nine to five job and save some money. So I actually can get out of New York city. Mm. <laughs> I tried that once. That's a whole other lifetime, uh, other life podcast or something. Not on, not a GNR podcast, but yeah, next time, hopefully you talk to me, I'll be living somewhere else. <laughs> that, that's true. I mean, Staten Island. It's, you might as well yeah. be yeah. You know, in I Brazil always, right now. Yeah, really. I always love, I will always love New York. I always have a piece of my heart, but it's not the New York I grew up in or remember. And, uh, can't live here anymore. Well, fair enough. It's hard to in a certain income. <laughs> that is very true. I'm lucky that I have a dual income with my beautiful mm-hmm. wife and uh, yeah. whatever. Most of the New York I see is inside these walls with my cats. So I'm not. Yeah. I, I go out sometimes to see concerts and, and you know yep. I'm, I'm kind of a homebody a, a little bit. But Same. I I do want to you know mentioned because uh, I I rarely mention this too. So if you're on YouTube, you can make donations uh, on videos. On Facebook, you can send stars. You can do that as well. Actually, if I hit 10,000 likes on Facebook, I could start making money off the videos that I post, which I can do now on YouTube, which I made a whopping $42.03 last month. It I, almost covered your buckethead ticket. The, <laughs> the amount, by the way, I, I'm going to rectify this because I fucked up with uh, my cart with Mazda and not realizing what my warranty had. So basically everything I've earned this year from YouTube paid for a new tire that I had to get because it was a bubble on it. I, this is not stuff like, <sighs> I'm telling you this because this is the hard truth. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a, a TikToker making thousands of dollars. Um, it's crazy, though. I see pages that all they do is pick up stories like mine and regurgitate it. And maybe they have, they have some better, better editing, uh, video editing skills that have thousands of thousands of, of, of followers. So please follow, subscribe. It'll help me move within Queens to, <laughs> to Forest Hills and, and maybe help, will help me pay for a little uh, sweet child of mine one day. So, uh, so any any of that. So uh, I never ask for money. That's that's the, the biggest anti stereotype that I am. I'm a, I'm a stereotype <laughs> in every way, but asking for money. I'm just I'm just not that guy. So uh, yeah, anyone who wants to uh, donate to this podcast, especially when I do move and I want to build a good little home studio, maybe I can get a nicer camera. Maybe I can get a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Things that I can mm-hmm. you know give back. So all right, so that that's my pitch. That's the end of my Bernie Sanders. <laughs> being like, you know, I am now asking you again to donate money <laughs> one to Appetite One more time to Appetite for Disruption. Disruption. I can't get the name right. Okay. I've done too many. I'm not, I'm not an impressions guy, but I've done a few this episode. Good. Uh, Good. So, Sal, thank you. I'll be listening thank to you, uh, Michael K. show. I know you'll be listening to. Yes, I'll probably, you might even hear me call in and uh, correct them about how to pronounce the New York Rangers head coach's last name. Uh, that's funny. Cause, uh, it's, it's, my, it's a local thing, but Michael K. is a uh, voice of the New York Yankees and he has a radio show in New York City as well. And uh, what's funny is, so Peter Rosenberg on that show, who's on a Hot 97, who really. You know me a little bit. He is basically the rap version of me. <laughs> He's just like a wannabe funny Jewish kid, but it just is way into rap, too much into rap, and I'm just the rock and roll version. I'm the less successful <laughs> rock version of him. But it, when he does his pre-NN segment, this is Super Insider, I know, there's a little soundbite that says, Dom for Tristan. So Don LaGreca, but he messes up the name, Dom. Yeah. Tristan is Dom. my brother. So my brother's name is used in the production piece of that show. Nice. <laughs> Super insider, but I know you would yeah. appreciate it. And whatever. I definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? Who the fuck knows? Uh, we'll, you'll see it. In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.